San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship. I'd like to dance You may be the heavyweight champion of the world You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve some Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. Money drugs at your command. Women in a cage. Okay, well, who did you serve this last election? No matter what you did, no matter what you didn't choose. Yes, you are. You're gonna have You served somebody. Who was it? Was it Trump, the billionaire, or Clinton, the millionaire? Or was it your own class, your own people? It might be a young Turk. Maybe the head of some bigger TV network. You may be rich or poor. You may be blind or lame. 
Maybe living in another country Under another name But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Working on a home Might be living in a mansion You might live in a dome You may own guns And you may even own tanks You may be somebody's landlord You may even own banks But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm... Hey, you got to serve somebody. I hope you served the person you meant to. Uh, have to keep remembering that uh, Mrs. Clinton did win the popular vote by quite a bit, actually. Um, during the week, though, we lost uh, Mose Allison.
play a little Mose here. In your place, you know, if silence was golden, you couldn't raise a dime. Because your mind is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Who does this bring to mind? You quoting figures and dropping names. You telling stories about the dames. You're over laughing when things ain't funny. You're trying to sound like the big money. You know if talk was criminal, you'd lead a life of crime. Because your man is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Short talk is cheap. Don't be making promises that you can't keep. You don't like this little song I'm singing, just grinning back. It. All I can say is if the shoe fits right and you must keep talking, please try to make it rhyme. Because your man Mose Allison there, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio on a Saturday morning, rainy Saturday morning, here in the Mission. People are out trying to do what they usually do. A woman outside in the street is picking cans out of the Mutiny garbage bin. That's what's happening. Okay, we had uh, Mose. We'll talk a little more about Mose later on. Um, Labor and Love, the show that tells you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is... You're probably on the menu. Watch that menu now. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It seems a lot of working people did 
let someone into their heart who is not a friend of labor. Too bad. Actually, neither candidate was much of a friend of labor. Perhaps Clinton was a a less successful enemy of labor or a less, a more subtle enemy of labor. Got one more to play before we get started and talk about what we're going to talk about. Fruit of labor. Okay, this is Labor and Love, the Labor Magazine on uh, Saturday mornings. I wanted to play Albatross again because uh, it's been a hard luck week again. Um, let's go around and see what we got going on today. We have, of course, our uh, reports, World Labor Report. We have um, 
think it's tough for labor now. Wait to see what's coming. We've got an analysis of the Trump victory, sort of victory, <coughs> from its architect. And of course, his analysis has everything to do with labor. What has Sister Angela Davis got to say about all this? I looked that up. Trump says uh, Mike Pence was harassed by the cast of Hamilton. Doesn't sound like it. But uh, again, Mr. Trump seems so unaware of the forces that he's unleashed. This is where their whole argument breaks down. And we'll run their argument down about a new majority, a Trump majority. We've got some more Mose Allison. We're going to talk about Mose's life. A real uh, stand-up friend of working people and totally unique musician who at the same time uh, uses all the old forms excellent lyrics Stevie Wonder let's play a song by Stevie Wonder that sort of tells us who uh, Donald Trump is and uh, let's just finish up we've got This day in labor history, we've got uh, all our features. Revolution will not be televised. To 
revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nubs. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still lights of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry Arm, women liberationists, and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Let's see if we can uh, try for that Stevie Wonder now. president. Coming right up. Uh, got a new um, <clears throat> device here in the laboratory and uh, just learning how to use it. President Trump uh, complained that he was harassed by the cast of Hamilton, his vice president. Mr. Know-it-all 
Okay, that was Stevie with uh, his Please Mr. Know-It-All. On a bright note this week, <clears throat> my granddaughter Lucy, life goes on, you know, my granddaughter Lucy had a uh, party for her son Alonso. So I wanted to play a song in in her honor. Wait a Richard's Lucille, in honor of you, Lucy, have a good day, and uh, take good care of Alonso. This is the bee coming at you from Mutiny Radio on 21st Street, corner of Florida in San Francisco here. Much more than just a radio station, uh... Definitely an art center, a community art center. That's the important thing, that community part. Okay, 
This place is open. If you come in here with a little money, a little money, you can rent this space. You can put on your own event. We have ongoing art exhibits here. Come on in, take a look. New cutting edge stuff. It's like anything else. You might like it, you might not. But come on in and see it. It's happening here. Centerpiece of our Mutiny Community Center is the comedy. There's virtual comedy duels. You think of the uh, the uh, saxophone duels in Kansas City in the 1940s. This is like that. You come, you pay a little money, you give your routine, right? You tell your routine. And then people in the audience critique it. Honestly, right? What a thing. We also have live music here. Come on in, take a look, 2781 21st Street. Labor. The revolution will not be televised with Gil Scott Heron. Had your mind is on vacation. Is that dedicated to Somebody you know. Then we had Lucille. So let's listen to Win Weekend Review. This is what's happening. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. 28,000 United Airlines workers will get pay raises this week as the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers Collective Bargaining Agreement takes effect. The union says the five-year deal delivers roughly 30% pay hikes and United will pay $100 million in lump sum payments. The IAM says the contract also includes a 25% hike in defined benefit pension benefits, stops outsourcing of work currently performed by IAM members, and provides for insourcing of additional work. 700 Harvard janitors won a 12.5% pay raise in premium free health care over the life of a new four-year contract. They averted a strike at the last minute with a marathon bargaining session that lasted 13 hours. Harvard also agreed to hire more full-time janitorial workers. The Harvard janitors won these gains by overwhelmingly endorsing a strike that would have started at 12.01 a.m. Wednesday. Harvard had no stomach for a second strike. Dining hall workers had already gone on strike in October, and Harvard saw the strong political and community support that those strikers had. 32 BJSEIU Vice President Roxana Rivera says this tentative new labor contract agreement is, quote, a win for families, communities, employers, and the economy as a whole. The janitors must first ratify the tentative deal before it takes effect. The era of corporate trade deals is over. With all signals pointing to the end of the TPP, it's up to all of us to answer the next question. What comes next? And we need a fundamentally new approach that prioritizes the needs of people and planet. Sierra Club Director Michael Broom, AFL-CIO Deputy Chief of Staff Thea Lee says that the apparent defeat of the TPP trade deal creates a chance to overhaul trade policy in a more pro-worker direction, even within the context of a hostile political environment for unions. This is a difficult and challenging moment for the labor movement and the broader progressive community. On the one hand, the entire election from the primaries in both parties to election day was a resounding repudiation of current corporate globalization policy and received wisdom. On the other hand, we have 
have a challenge going forward to hold the Trump administration to the key promises that have been made about engaging in the global economy. Honeywell is using its corporate power and wealth to punish working families in South Bend, Indiana and Green Island, New York. Honeywell locked out hundreds of UAW Local 9 and Local 1508 workers back in May after the workers voted to reject the latest company concession demands on a new labor contract. The union had agreed to keep working while negotiations continued, but the company locked them out at a time of record profits for Honeywell. The UAW says the Honeywell demand would have virtually gutted the contract. Adam Clevenger is one of the locked out UAW Local 9 workers. Decided they wanted to raise our insurance premium, raise our deductible 400%, cut our pension off, freeze that. They didn't want to set a fixed rate for us. Next five years of the contract, they wanted the option to remove spouses in 2018. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, uh, that was Doug Cunningham. Um, that's a significant strike victory, the... Uh, flight attendants um, hadn't heard about that one let's listen to the world labor report now remember you're never alone <laughs> you're never alone historically or contemporarily you're never alone You're a worker. They're all over the world. There are billions of people working just like you. They're probably more alike you than they're unlike you. Okay, World Labor Report. Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 18th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In a report this week, Labor calls for a just transition to sustainable economies as the Paris Climate Agreement comes into force. More than a million people demonstrate against new labor laws in South Korea. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. A global agreement on climate change came into force this month with labor support, but also demands for a just transition for workers to more sustainable economies. Radio Labor's senior correspondent, Seamary Ainsborough, has a report. An important milestone in the fight against the effects of climate change was reached this month with the coming into force of the Paris Agreement. The agreement, which is strongly supported by the international labor movement, is a UN-sponsored initiative dealing with greenhouse gas emissions, economic adaption, and financing. After having received the necessary number of national ratifications, the agreement went into effect at the beginning of November. The coming into force of the agreement was welcomed by labor leaders around the world. Sharon Burrow is the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the global organization which represents national labor centers such as the AFL-CIO in the United States and the Ghana Trades Union Congress. On behalf of the ITUC and 180 million trade union members around the world, we commit to the Paris Agreement. But 
must be that the industrial transformation, a massive shift in the way we conduct our economies, our production, transport and logistics, construction, agriculture, all of the major industries, there must be a just transition. We will be at the table where governments are serious, where employers are serious about the transition. Three things are vital. One, governments must raise their ambition. We must see national and industry plans for a just transition. And we must indeed share the finance and the technology to make it possible for people everywhere. Hassan Yusuf is the president of the Trade Union Confederation of the Americas. Tuca represents national union centres in North, Central and South America. Mr. Yusuf is the president of the Canadian Labour Congress. Climate change is the biggest threat to humanity. And as workers, I think we have a central role to play in how we can combat that climate change. I think if we don't take this seriously, fundamentally, I think that um, it's going to be a very hostile world for us to live in. The first thing that needs to be, I think, be assured by workers, should they have to lose their job or to make adjustment, they will have generous income support while they're going through that period. It's also important that we give them the best uh, opportunity to reskill themselves. Employers need to be, uh, be more innovative in the workplace. All workplaces need to examine how they use energy, how they contribute to the challenges, of course, to climate change, and more importantly, what are they going to do in, in working with unions and government. This has been the tradition of our movement. It's always been the history of our movement. We've never been fearful of the future. So it is critical for our members to see themselves in this process as a necessary part of how we build a better world and a more sustainable world. As part of a demonstration of more than a million people in Seoul, Korea, 200,000 labor activists rallied on Saturday, November 12th, to demand the release of jailed union leaders. The larger demonstration was called to protest bribes paid by Hyundai and Samsung to government officials in return for the implementation of anti-worker laws. At the labor union rally, activists called for the release of all union leaders who have been jailed by the government during its crackdown on labor organizations. Among the imprisoned union leaders is the president of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, Han Sang-gun, and the vice president of the Korean Federation of Public Services and Transportation Workers Unions, the KPTU. One of the labor leaders who spoke at the union rally was Walter Sanchez, the general secretary of the global union Industrial. You can count on the international labor movement. We will make sure that in every corner of this world, there will be a candlelight to the people of Korea. Among the international labor activists who attended the union rally in Seoul were representatives of the United Auto Workers Union in the U.S., the Service Employees International Union, also based in the U.S., the Global Union Uni, and the International Trade Union Confederation. The day before the demonstration, two of the union leaders met with imprisoned KCTU President Han, who has been sentenced to five years in jail. They were interviewed by Wol San Liem. I'm here today with Rob Johnson, the assistant 
General Secretary of the ITF, and Walter Sanchez, who is the newly elected General Secretary of Industrial. We've just visited three union leaders from the KCTU, uh, President Han, and from the K KPTU, Vice President Joe, and, and President Lee of the Construction Plant Workers Union in South Korea who are imprisoned at the Seoul Detention Center. Can you tell us about your meeting with them? It was a very impressive meeting because Brother Han was uh, still very strong, showing that he, he is unbreakable. And we expressed him our full solidarity. And he re replied very happily that we're here in a very difficult situation, but uh, showing that we are, will deliver solidarity to him. And he thinks that he, he will be at the mass rally tomorrow through our presence. Yeah, it was a very emotional visit. You, you can't visit somebody locked up like that and not feel emotion, but it was also a very powerful uh, visit as well. And we have a very clear message to take. It was not a message from London or from us, but a message from the colleagues we met. And that message is to stand up, speak out and fight back. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Last week was a particularly busy week at Labour Start as our volunteers collected over 2,800 stories. Our top stories section included links to news about the Iranian teachers union leader given a six-year prison sentence, a victory for the global campaign to force Qatar to recognize basic workers' rights at the World Cup building site, and a huge union-organized rally in South Korea in support of the demand that the country's president resign. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. In both Brazil and Argentina, workers struck in opposition to government social and economic policies. Public transport workers in Cameroon escalated their wage dispute into a walkout. Public sector workers held a one-day strike in Ghana to protest the government's failure to make contributions to their pension plan. Nigerian university workers downed tools to protest layoffs. In Morocco, a three-day combination walkout and sit-in strike was called after the arrest of union organizers after protests over the death of a fish harvester while in police custody. Canadian miners were locked out after refusing to accept the concessions that their employer was demanding. Public transport workers staged roving blockades across Uruguay to protest the arrival of Cabify, an Uber-like ride-hailing service. Our top working women's stories included coverage of midwives organizing in Canada, a, quote, mansplaining, end quote, complaints hotline established by a Swedish union, and the election of a woman to head the Norwegian Rail Workers Union for the first time in its 124-year-long history. The Health and Safety Newswire, we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the one-day walkout by 10,000 prison guards in the UK over workplace safety, air quality hazards in Australian mines, and asbestos in Canadian schools. Currently, Labour Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labour Start, reporting for Radio Labour.
And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Remember, it's all about global solidarity. So let's, I want to move to this thing about Steve Bannon. Bannon, of course, is uh, Donald Trump's, the brains behind Donald Trump, supposedly. Uh, And Bannon talked about how Trump won. And he was um, remarkably candid about it. Uh, And of course, of course, it included an appeal to workers. Bannon is talking about a jobs program, trillion-dollar jobs program. He's an unscrupulous guy, right? He and his organization are responsible for uh, undermining and killing off the acorn, acorn organizers. Um, here's what he said. Darkness is good. Bannon told the Hollywood reporters, Michael Wolff, Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Satan, that's power. So what he's talking about is people fear him. People see him as a dark force and he wants to use that power. But then he moves on and says some prescient things. The media bubble is the ultimate symbol of what's wrong with this country. It's just a couple of people talking to themselves who have no idea of what's going on. It's a closed circle of information from which Hillary Clinton got all her information and her confidence. That was our opening. Clinton emerged in this election as the champion of of money of the new capitalists or the recent capitalists the media giants you know who sort of dominate everything uh these were people that she took money from and contributed to her foundation and she made speeches for um It wasn't just the mainstream media and the liberal elite. Right-leaning Fox News also misunderstood Trump's appeal to voters. They got it more wrong than anybody, he says. Rupert Murdoch is a globalist and never understood Trump. To him, Trump is a radical. Now they'll go centrist and build a network around Megyn Kelly. Okay, so Bannon is talking about a different kind of Republican Party. Now Bannon predicts Trump will ride his coalition of traditional Republicans and white working-class former Democrats to a permanent electoral, electoral powerhouse, perhaps even without the small government conservatives who had steered the party for the past eight years. So Bannon goes on. 
like Andrew Jackson's populism, we're going to build an entirely new movement. And it's related to jobs. This is what a significant, significant part of the electorate was interested in. And this is where Clinton missed it completely. She was kind of um, a little more abstract than she needed to be. Uh, she barely came out in favor of the $15 minimum wage. That took her a long time. And she, she had just... She was a woman is one thing. She went under a whole different kind of scrutiny. Okay, we, we want our women to be orderly, to take care of the records. Okay, do you think Trump takes care of his records? No, that's not for men to do. That's not a male thing to do. But women need to be orderly. I think this is the basis of a lot of criticism of her, although she's certainly culpable in a lot of other ways. It's everything related to jobs. The conservatives are going to go crazy. I'm a guy pushing a trillion dollar infrastructure plan with negative interest rates throughout the world. It's the greatest opportunity to rebuild everything. Shipyards, ironworks, get them all jacked up. We're going to throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. It'll be ex as exciting as the 1930s, greater than the Reagan Revolution. Conservatives plus populists in an economic nationalist movement. So here he's defining himself. He's not a, a white nationalist. He's an economic nationalist. Problem is that that sort of translates into white nationalism if this whole thing is going to be driven and controlled by white people, white men, then it's not, there's nothing new about it. A jobs program? We'll talk a little bit more about the flaws in this argument, but let's go on and, and see. If we deliver, we'll get 60% of the white vote, and that means if they deliver jobs for people, and 40% of the black and Hispanic vote and will govern for 50 years, he said. That's what the Democrats missed. They were talking to those people with companies with a 9 billion market cap employing nine people. It's not reality. They lost sight of what the world is about. I'm not a white nationalist. I'm a nationalist. I'm an economic nationalist, he told The Hollywood Reporter. The globalist, this, this is where he's right on the money. The globalist gutted the American working class and created a middle class in Asia. The issue now is about Americans not wanting to get, and he says, fucked over. But that one sentence, uh, the globalists gutted the American working class and created a middle class in Asia. Several things about this, this argument. First, it raises this vision of a, of a works program, 
a government works program? This is a small government party? Imagine the bureaucracy involved. It could be good. It could be a good thing. The second thing is the ecology of it. In the 1930s, it was a different world. There was a lot more of the natural world left than there is now. A giant jobs program is, can't help but have a deleterious effect on the ecology, the, the ecology of the earth. We're going to hasten the death of ourselves as a species. And third, that's a fine idea, but Breitbart and Trump both really have to come to terms with the forces they've unleashed in America. It's a hateful, nasty backlash force from white people. Uh, if I were an African-American brother or sister right now, I would probably be feeling twice as nervous <laughs> as I myself feel as a white man. Or Latinos. See, white people are the ones who are shocked. <laughs> I think the level of shock is much less intense in the African-American community or a Latino community. They've seen this all before. Uh, in a lot of ways, they were right not to trust us as white people. Because what have we done? We've handed the presidency over to this man. This man who countenances the worst kind of racial and and religious abuse. These are his people. And even though he came out on 60 Minutes saying that people should stop doing this, he's always ridden that edge. There's always that little edge in there of violence, that threat of violence, that this man brings violence. I'm afraid he does. I'm afraid he does bring violence. Uh, we'll see. Again, other people, other communities are going to experience it. And it's not as new a thing as it is to uh, a lot of white people. So, but Bannon's analysis is, and it's, it's true, Bernie Sanders... The problem of jobs and work and survival. And uh, the problem with Breitbart and Trump's analysis is that it's uh, a right analysis. It's, it's blaming our problems, not on those who created them, but on those who are trying to struggle as much as we are. Okay, he blames it on Muslims, blacks uppity women um, and this is this got him over this is his analysis right the problem is that there are people 
Hitler had said that the Jews stabbed Germans in the back. Trump is saying that these people are not cooperating. These people are making your lives as white people harder. So let's do something about it. Okay. Sanders was saying, no, that's not the problem. The problem isn't these other people. The problem is the, the economic structure, the capitalist system, the way of distributing wealth and, and creating wealth, uh, and the attendant racist, sexist state that goes with it. Uh, this was Bernie Sanders' critique. And uh, Bernie Sanders was effectively silenced by the Clinton campaign after they had wrenched away the, um, the uh, state primaries in a real underhanded, uh, sneaky kind of way. They had done that. Um, they adopted some of his, his platform but not his rhetoric, not his ideas. Bernie was a socialist. That's the, the real answer to the problems of the working class. Not a, a blowhard racist. And people have said, well, Trump personally is not racist. Oh, well, who cares about that? I don't know Trump as a person. That's not what's important to me or you about him. What's important is the people he has around him and the way he uses racism to get his way. Okay, enough said. A labor analysis from Steve Bannon. The Democratic Party better get to work if it wants to survive. The labor vote was there to be picked up. And the Democratic Democrats fumbled it and Trump picked it up and ran with it in his right wing direction. Think it's tough for labor now? Trump is going to have the power to fill vacancies in the National Labor Relations Board. Uh, conservative board would put into je jeopardy recent gains, including the requirement of job employers to bargain with workers, rights of graduate students to form unions, <clears throat> the rights of adjuncts at religious colleges to form unions, and the protections from class action waivers in employment arbitration agreements which effectively block access for too many. Trump can immediately dismiss the entire federal service impasses panel <clears throat> and appoint his own members. The FSIP is a little-known federal agency that functions like a mini-NLRB to resolve disputes between union federal employees and the government. National Right to Work Act 
other there's one interesting one that disallows uh, companies to claim as expenses uh, fees for paying anti-labor lawyers uh, that might go by the board a lot of things like that details that you might not think of like that ruling makes it hard for harder for a union to or a, an employer to employ uh, anti-labor um, advisors can't use that okay let's listen to some music a lot of talk today Lauren Hill every ghetto things are going to be tougher all around just a little girl, skinny legs and pressing curl. Thought I'd be a star. Way before the record deal, the streets that nurtured Lauren Hill made sure that I never go too far. Every ghetto, every city, and suburban place I've been make me recall my days in the New Jerusalem. You know. Story starts in Hooterville. Hooterville. Grew up next to Ivy Hill when kids were stealing quarter deals for fun. Killed a guy and caught a paw. Rode a mongoose till it's dark. Watching kids show off the stolen ones. Every ghetto, every city, and suburban place I've been. Make me recall my days in the New Jerusalem. You know it's hot, don't forget what you got. Looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back. You know it's hot, don't forget what you got. Looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back. Bag of bond times, 20 cents and a nickel. Springfield Lab had the best popsicles. Saturday morning cartoons ain't kung fu. Main Street, Roots Tonic with the dress. A beef patty and some cocoa bread. Move the patch from my leaves to the tongue of my shoe. Remember, Freeland Heisen used to have the bomb leather. Back when Doug Fresh and Slick Rick was together. Looking at the crew, we thought we'd all live forever. Yeah. You know. Remember when Hawthorne and Chancellor had beef? Moving records was on Central Ave. I was there at dancing school. South Horn Javits Ball and Pool. Unaware of what we did and had. Writing my friends' names on my jeans with a marker. July 4th races outside Parker. Fireworks at Martin Stadium. The untouchable PSP, all the crazy niggas, the coffee got away through Irving Tun. Lock 
Brings beef with the cops, self-destruction record drops, and everybody's name was Muslim. Sensations in 88 attracted kids from out of state, and everybody used to do the wop. Jack, jack, jack your body. Now the Bismarck used to amp up the party. I wish those days they didn't stop. Suburban place I've been Maybe with all my days In every city You know it's high Don't forget Looking back Looking back Looking back Looking back Breadline's coming up too. The latest news has struck me funny. Says you have no friend if you haven't got money. All of us good folks in distress But I'm gonna get some off of my chest 1932, it won't be long When you place your votes, please don't vote wrong Put away the blues The red line blues Blues. 
United States rights I'd leave it to you We could all have fun And better homebrew Just a long-haired mule Standing over his box To the big mouth elephant You drink like an ox Had 12 years Proved nothing but a curse That I'm making it better Getting worse and worse Says a long-haired mule I ain't no fool Shut your mouth, never been to school. The mule said, Elephant, it ain't no joke. We gotta do something or we're all gonna croak. We ain't got nothing but a carload of tax and the doggone load just breaking our backs. We got the blue, the red line blue. to keep my right mind. 
just to try to stay home. in this world My kids are in high school And don't you know the boss calls me girl But the woman beside me Next day is mine. It's a race for the strong. Cause it'll grind up the meek. When your money runs short, about the end of a week. And your car needs some tires. source I think me and this system got to get a divorce I can't make enough money and I can't find enough time but I'm a hard got anger to burn but we're talking and moving we're gonna study and learn Tomorrow is mine And I know 
quiere porque somos chicanos Porque somos chicanos de East LA Ay, arriba y arriba Ay, arriba y arriba y arriba iré Yo no creo en fronteras Yo no creo en fronteras Yo cruzaré, yo cruzaré, yo cruzaré
La Bamba Rebelde by Las Cafeteras, a group I'd really like to see in person if I could. La Bamba Rebelde uh, took the bamba and um, talked about being Chicano, about the Chicano movement. Las Cafeteras. Barbara Dane preceded Las Cafeteras with her working class woman. I'm a working class woman. And the future is mine. And before that, we had a riff by uh, Jerma Kaukinen, the Breadline Blues. Jerma Kaukinen, of course, of Jefferson Airplane fame. And the most articulate, Lauren Hill, with every ghetto, every city. Uh, such an intelligent, such intelligence. Uh, in her work. So this day in labor history, we're going to talk now about an organizer. This series is called The Labor Chronicles. Stories about people like you and me who didn't agonize but organized. The Labor Chronicles the life and times of the labor movement. Hillary Clinton's historic run for president and her popular vote victory didn't just come out of nowhere. She and all the other women who are so much a part of our politics here in California, especially, stand on the shoulders of bold, creative organizers who came before them. Women who never let a few losses stop them. Women with names we should know but probably don't. And certainly one of those is Frances Naka Noel. The Life and Times of the Labor Movement. Today, studying the work of Frances Naka Noel. She was born in Saxony, and she settled in the U.S. in 1893. While working in a factory in Colorado where it was already illegal for women to vote, she was handed a pre-marked ballot by her boss and told to sign it. When she asked why, was told that young women were not capable of intelligent voting on their own. She soon became a socialist inspired by the work of Eugene Debs. She moved six years later to Los Angeles. In 1896, the male voters of California had defeated a women's suffrage initiative. One problem beside the men was that there were sharp divisions and suspicions between working-class women and middle-class educated club women that kept them all from working together. Noelle aimed to change all that, and so she did. She immediately went to work organizing around several issues instead of merely the vote. Um, she addressed working conditions and pay, access to childcare, reproductive rights, child labor, as well as the vote. 
thus uniting a wide range of men and women. In 1911, women's suffrage was again on the ballot. She and her allies in the Wage Earners Suffrage League, the Wage Earners Suffrage League, had organized all over California in, in the smallest towns, the mining towns. They sent organizers out to push this issue of women's suffrage. But the night of the election, uh, it appeared to be losing. On election night, the major newspapers reported that they had lost. However, when the last votes came in from the small rural communities, neighborhoods, the measure won by over 3,500 votes. From then on, women's suffrage was the law in California. Once the vote had been won, uh, she went to work in San Francisco registering working-class women who were not at all conversant with Politics. It wasn't something you had time to deal with. Uh, what with your work and your life and your kids. Noel stressed the importance of cross-gender solidarity. And often she'd just stop on the street and argue with some guy. Or after a speech, she was known as the most eloquent of the women's, uh, women's suffrage speakers. In 1913, she and her allies in the labor movement were able to pass a minimum wage law covering both men and women in Los Angeles. That same year, she narrowly missed being elected to the city council herself on the socialist ticket. One of NACA's most creative and effective contributions to the Los Angeles labor movement was the establishment of Camp Aliso, a recreational camp for working women designed to offer wholesome recreation. But, but, well, it sought to bring together both club women and wage-earning women and promised a cheap and easy vacation for working women to escape the demands of the household and the workplace. Naka's later work, foc Noel's later work, focused mainly on reproductive rights. In 1928, she helped set up one of the first birth control clinics in the country. She died in 1963 with a life after a life filled with both stirring victories and crushing defeats. But she never stopped. And neither must we. The worse things get, the harder we fight. Noel would agree with that. Okay, and that was the first of our uh, labor chronicles features. Um, 
Trump is upset about the way Pence was treated at the uh, show of Hamilton. Let's see what exactly happened there. <clears throat> Trump said that they should apologize. At the end of the show, cast member Brandon Victor Dixon urged Pence and Trump to embrace minorities and work to represent them in the White House. Saturday morning, Trump in two tweets stated that Pence was harassed and they should apologize. Dixon addressed Pence. We have a guest in the audience this evening. Vice President Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us for just a few more moments. There's nothing here to boo here, ladies and gentlemen. We have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. I encourage everyone to pull out your phones and tweet because this message needs to be spread far and wide. We welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton, an American music musical. We really do. We are, we, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. We truly thank you for sharing the show, this wonderful American story told by a diverse group of men, women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. And we truly hope that you heard our message, sir, because you, will, you all represent all of us. And Donald Trump says, our wonderful VP Mike Pence was harassed last night at the theater by the cast of Hamilton cameras blazing. This should not happen. The spokesperson Dixon, who made the speech, said, Conversation is not harassment, sir, and I appreciate Mike Pence for stopping to listen. So it doesn't sound like harassment to me. It sounds like an honest attempt to to communicate with the man. Uh, it's probably not much uh, more than what he's promised to do or what he will promise to do as vice president. Nothing new and different there. Respect the rights of all of us. Uh, if you're not doing that anyway, there's probably some problem. Trump is making a mistake by uh, joining this battle. Bannon should tell him that. Um... And uh, I wanted to see what Angela Davis, Angela Davis is one of the people who is an inspiration for this show. Angela Davis uh, made a speech at the University of Chicago. It says here, 72-year-old Davis looked regal, her gray gold afro in a halo around her face. 
Her gap-toothed smile and lilting voice as captivating as it was 50 years ago. She talked for a while about Chicago, but Davis, who in September stated her intent to vote for Hillary Clinton, also took time to examine the deep deficiencies in the world in the would-be first uh, woman president's campaign, particularly its outmoded notion of feminism that revolved around white middle-class and bourgeois women. I believe that no white woman reared in the South, she's reading a letter now, or perhaps anywhere in this racist country, can find freedom as a woman until she deals with her own consciousness and the question of race. We grow up little girls absorbing the stereotypes of race, the picture of ourselves as somehow privileged because of the color of our skin. The two mythologies become intertwined and there is no way to free ourselves with one without dealing with the other. It seems like Hillary Clinton should have read this. Davis concluded, and the chapel nave filled with laughter. She tackled the shortcomings of Bernie Sanders, though he was able to bring a critique of capitalism to the national political arena and talk about working class in a way that hadn't been heard in decades. He seemed to be just learning how to incorporate a critique of racism. He should have sat down with some people and said, you know, I need a crash course in intersectionality. Though his critique of racism maybe was not complete enough for her. The enormous revolution in black consciousness which has occurred in your generation, my dear sister, James Baldwin wrote, means the beginning or the end of America. Some of us, white and black, know how great a price has already been paid to bring into existence a new consciousness, a new people, an unprecedented nation. If we know and do nothing, we are worse than the murderers hired in our name. If we know, then we must fight for your life as though it were our own, which it is, and render impassable with our bodies corridor to the gas chamber. For if they take you in the morning, they will be coming for us at night. When asked what to do in the face of the Trump presidency, Davis didn't have any easy answers. Whatever we are actually doing, we need to do more. She also said we should be cautious of views of Trump as a wake-up call that might finally bring the country to mobilize behind a progressive agenda. I remember the Nixon era when we all went to jail, she said. Too much time and energy had to be spent on legal defense to the detriment of the various radical movements of the era. 
Even though I've been around for a long time, I don't see myself as having all the answers. The young people need to show us the rest of the way. Angela Davis speaking about a Trump presidency. Okay, we've got about uh, eight minutes. Let's play this one. A lot of us feel this way, given the results of the election.
That version of the reggae classic uh, Sitting Here in Limbo by uh, the Neville Brothers. Sitting Here in Limbo. Okay. You feel uh, like you're sitting in limbo? Get off your you-know-what and get to work. This is the bee telling you, reminding you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else, probably several people, worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. That's why we need to organize unions. And never, but never let anyone anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It seems like a lot of our uh, brothers and sisters, workers, have uh, let someone into their heart who is definitely not a friend of labor. Of course, we had a choice between a millionaire and a billionaire, neither one of whom was much concerned about really concerned about the working person, but Trump picked it up and ran with it. Clinton barely even talked much about working people and their problems. Okay, this is the B, and uh, you a goodbye and a good work for this week. Have a good week, and remember... The worse things get, the harder we fight. Thank you all, and come on down and visit Mutiny Radio.
food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast God, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion. 
at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host 
find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features